0: When I connected with Jen Myers on Facebook, I knew instantly I wanted to invite her onto the show. I'm a member of her free Facebook group, Homeschool CEO. It's a community for entrepreneurs and business owners who homeschool. I love the connection with other moms and the content Jen offers. Not only is she a fellow homeschool mom, but she is an accomplished businesswoman who has built not just one, but three highly successful businesses while raising her kids. Jen didn't start out wanting to homeschool her kids, and she shares her incredible story that led her down this path. Also in this episode, Jen inspires us with her wisdom, encourages us with her message to follow our instincts, and demonstrates how to build a thriving community that produces truly passive income. In all truth, this episode is worth a double listen. Now let me stop talking, and let's get to it. Welcome to the Passive Income Examiner Show, helping you navigate the muddy waters of building successful revenue streams beyond the nine to five. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland, mama of four who has a passion for living my best life and helping you do the same. I'm honored you're here and excited to offer you valuable and inspiring content. I believe we can have the freedom we desire and the happiness we deserve. Thanks for joining me. I want to start off by having you introduce yourself and kind of share with the people, uh, our listeners, a little bit about you and kind of how you got to where you are today. Um, If you don't mind, just
1: tell us a little bit about who you are. Absolutely, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here today, and I'm so excited to meet everybody. Hey there, I'm Jen Myers. I'm the founder of Homeschool CEO. That's what I'm known for now. It's the number one community for entrepreneurs who homeschool, but this isn't what I've done my entire life. For the last 18 years, I have built homeschool CEO is my fourth business. So I've been in the entrepreneurship world for a long time, building multiple businesses from a service-based to a product-based to an online business. So like all the whole gamut of things. And we've also been homeschooling for the last 18 years. Um, I'm a wife, mom, stepmom. Our kids are 25, 23, 22, and our youngest one is 16. Let's say we live in Iowa. So in the middle of nowhere and, uh, I'm just excited. I'm on a mission to really help help moms break that status quo of what we should do and realize that they can homeschool. They can be a mom. They can run empires. They can do all the things. They can chase their dreams and still be a phenomenal wife, mom, and without that mom guilt. you know. And that's really what we focus on with Homeschool CEO is helping entrepreneurs homeschool their kids without sacrificing their priorities.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm already going, I'm so glad she's here. (laughs) Well, as you you. know, I homeschool or try attempt to homeschool my kids too, and build a business. So it's uh, definitely and I think after COVID, even more people are doing that. I know.
1: Uh, Did you notice? I mean, how long have you homeschooled? Have you homeschooled the whole time your kids were little? No, ma'am. We actually never planned to homeschool. People always laugh when they hear my story. I was the least likely homeschooler. Our kids at the time were second grade, kindergarten and preschool and were in public school. And then our youngest was in private school for preschool. And I was graduating. We just got my bachelor's degree. I was accepted to grad school. So I was actually going to get my master's and PhD in social psychology because I wanted to get this teach. I wanted to teach at the college level and then teach marketing because that's where I love sales. I love the social aspect. I love the psychology behind it. Long story short, we went in for parent-teacher conferences with our second grader at the time, and the teacher sat us down. You know, mind you, this was 2003. So this was a long time ago. The IEPs weren't in place like they are now. The services weren't available. And she basically sat us down and said, hey, you know, traditional school is not working for your kid. She's really behind, but she's just like just enough behind that I think if you if you if you did this thing called homeschooling, if you just taught her at home for a year, I think you could catch her up. This was a public school teacher that sat us down and told us this. And I said, no, 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 no. I am not homeschooling these children. I'm not homeschooling this child. I said, I'm going to graduate school. You know, I passed my GRE with flying colors. I was accepted to a really prestigious school school. And uh, I'm like, there's no way a week later. Um, we went to our number threes, parent-teacher conferences, and they sat us down and said, hey, school is not working for this child. You cannot send him to kindergarten. And this was a private te- your private school teacher. And I said, well, why not? He's doing he's doing great. Like my oldest one was struggling. My youngest one was doing phenomenal. I'm like, well, why not? She said, well, because he's at about a third grade level in everything. Wow. And, he, and he's going to be bored out of his mind. And I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with him? And she said, have you ever considered homeschooling? I think he would be a really great candidate for that. And I same thing, I was like, what is like, is this kind of conspiracy theory? Absolutely not. I am not homeschooling this child. And later we would find out that he's on the spectrum. So we dealt with uh, Asperger's and uh, this is the child that started reading at three years old, like reading chapter books on his own. I ne- I've never really had to teach him anything. He just grasps all of the like book knowledge that you can possibly pour into him. I basically said, no way. Like homeschoolers are weird. Have a plan. My husband and I had a business and um, that was going well. I was going to be, you know, the one that carried like the insurance and I, I was going to get that job, right. The stable job. And we scheduled. my husband and I were like, okay, life is going according to plan. We're done having kids. We scheduled his vasectomy. I mean, we were finished. We had a plan. Two weeks later, we found out our youngest was conceived three days before my husband's surgery. So we had a bonus baby on the way and my husband's like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And I said, I guess we're going to homeschool. And so we decided to try it out for one year and that was 18 years ago. And we've never, you know, I was pregnant um, with our youngest at the time and he's going to be 17 this fall. And that's, we've homeschooled ever since. And we just built businesses because for me, I couldn't just, I couldn't just be a homeschool mom. Like that wasn't enough for me. I had such a drive to achieve and to contribute and These other parts of my personality that I needed both. And so I poured myself into our automotive business, built that up, sold that, and then just continued to build businesses and homeschool all along the way. So I really did them both at the same time from day one. What an incredible
0: story. I mean, I'm first of all, that that was so kismet, right? That was just like destined and so cool. It's almost like God's just telling you, hey, look, Jen, homeschool. This is what you're supposed to do with shiny lights going around. (laughs) That is so awesome. I know. And I think with COVID, so many parents are kind of crossing that path of maybe this is what's best for me. Also, have you seen an influx of, of homeschooling parents now more than ever? We
1: have. And we've also, you know, Homeschooling parents coming in who have full time jobs, it isn't like even in our in the homeschool CEO community, although we focus on entrepreneurs, we also have high level executives that are coming in going, show me how I do this and how do I run a multi million dollar company? I'm in upper management. How do I do that and homeschool? Because that's what's best for my child right now. And it may not be best for them forever. You know, I'm a big one, a big proponent of one size does not fit all. You know, we want to make a unique customized plan for each of our families and help them figure out what their unique formula for success is. And but, yeah, to answer your question, Lindsay, we have seen such such an uptick of families coming in going, you know, not can I do it, but how how can I make this all work?
0: Yeah. And we tried homeschooling too. When we, we moved to North Idaho specifically to get away from the city and to homeschool. And I took that first year, I did put the kids in school when we first moved here. Cause we were in the middle of the school year and I didn't want to start from scratch. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, I'm not cut out to be a stay at home mom, but this is what my heart says I want to do. And, um, I just know that after doing it for the first year, I thought I was going to end up. Damaging my children, I'm like this is a bad idea, <laughs> and so I put them back in the public school system, and um, I you know went back to work, and then COVID happened, and then after the kids were home, this is when I saw a shift. The kids were actually home with me while I was I was working a day job, but they their attitude changed. The camaraderie amongst the siblings was different. They were, well, more behaved with towards me and my husband. And this family dynamic started to happen where we were closer. And I thought, interesting. Like, this is why I moved here. This is what's important to me. So maybe I need to suck it up,
1: buttercup, and like figure out a way to homeschool. <laughs> I love it. But you know what, Lindsay, what you're saying is so honest. Because I was talking with somebody the other day, and she said, do you think anybody else has ever Googled, how do you put your kid back in school after you've homeschooled for five years? I said, absolutely. We all have. We've all had that nagging feeling like, what if we ruin our children? What if this is not the right path for them? And what I always tell people is one, we're not going to ruin our kids. Kids are resilient. You, Nobody is going to love your child more than you. You're going to take every moment and evaluate that and it may be the right move. It may not. Like every family is different. Every child is different. Every season of life is different. But I think as moms, we put so much pressure on ourselves that it's, it's all riding on us. And the reality is there's so many other variables that lead to those challenges and, and successes and all of those things. And at the end of the day, kids are amazing. Like humans are amazing. We learn, we grow. And a lot of it just comes back to the attitude that we all have about it.
0: Oh, That's so true, Jen. Well, okay. I could talk about homeschooling uh, for a lifetime. (laughs) I'm really good, but I don't want to talk about that today on the podcast. I want to talk about your business. And so um, when did you decide to start Homeschool CEO? And also, let me ask you this. You mentioned you had other businesses. Is this your first passive income business or did you have others
1: before that? I would say it's my first where the main income is passive. Our very first business, we had an automotive business. So we had employees that worked for us as well as my husband and I ran the back office. So it's one of those things where people, it was leveraged. I think when we talk about passive income, you know, there's a stage. So we had leveraged income and then we went into a very high-end power sports business where it depended very much on us doing the work. And so we just created a job for ourselves, like a very well-paid exciting, fulfilling job, but it really was a job. And so many entrepreneurs do that at first because we think that's the way that we do that we can make money. Third business was a digital marketing agency where, again, I built out a team, so it wasn't a solo job. So that's one of the things. I mean, so I would consider that like 50% passive because, again, it was leveraged. But then Homeschool CEO is really my first where because I have the membership and because I've taken the time to build the ecosystem it's pretty, it's passive for sure. Like I, you know, people are always amazed when they see this big community that's thriving and I will say, you know, I might spend five hours a week in there, you know, because I, but I built up that ecosystem, that foundation. So yeah, I would say that came from learning all of the things of what not to do to put into homeschool CEO, to look at building a container and an ecosystem that is really truly passive that I just absolutely love. I love
0: that. And so what made you, Kind of inspired you, I should say, to start Homeschool CEO. And what gave you the idea to do a membership?
1: What gave? Okay, so what gave me, or what made me decide to start the the business was I literally I had this thriving digital marketing agency. I was running Facebook and Instagram ads for multi million dollar companies. But deep down, like I knew I would run ads to something of my own. I just didn't know exactly what that was. And I was driving down the road one day and I saw this billboard that said dream big. And I literally felt the words homeschool CEO, like totally woo. It's not, you know, people always think, oh, you built this global community. You must have had this big strategic plan and vision cast it. I'm like, mm, nope, just followed my intuition. Didn't really have a plan. But I realized in that moment that. That's what made me different from all of these other homeschool moms that I met and these other entrepreneurs that I met because I could blended the two realities, both sides of my world. But I ran everything as a CEO, like all of my business was run like a CEO, all of my homeschool, my household stuff was run like a CEO. And so that's what gave me the idea to start it. And then to start it as a membership, I basically just opened up a Facebook group. Like the, that day, I was like, hey, is there anybody else? in the internet world locally, that maybe has a business and homeschools and 30 people raised their hand and came to the group. And then as the group grew, people wanted a smaller space because they wanted, they didn't want to be lost in this sea of everybody. They wanted to know me, they wanted to know each other. They just wanted a more intimate setting. And so I literally said, okay, what if we open up a membership? and they said okay and i literally i had the card open for 2 days there wasn't some fancy sales page there wasn't this big sales pitch it was a would you got is this what you want and they said yeah and so we opened it up as a membership and it's evolved and now it's thriving and growing and we have a community manager that manages most of the day-to-day things and really i think with a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs we think we have to have it all figured out at the beginning But the reality is sometimes we just got to take that first step forward and it unfolds as we walk forward. And that's really, that's really what's happened with homeschool CEO. There,
0: there's so much truth in what you just said. I want to, I want to really highlight that with little parentheses because you're absolutely right. We often do get into that stage of, well, I shouldn't try this because I don't think it will work or maybe I need to test it. And there's value in testing an idea for sure. But like you said, if you have an inspiration and a calling, I really believe that that is is our guiding light. That is what there is there for us, for us to be propelling. And what you said was so powerful that sometimes you just take that first step and then you listen to yourself as you go. And I saw a quote recently and it said something like this, success is not forever and failure is not final, I think is what it said. And just like you said, you know, you take a step and you just keep working on it until it makes sense, until it works. And you didn't even really have any major ambitions for this group. It wasn't like you set out with these big goals and strategies. You just, hey, guys, you interested? Let's do this. And then people came. And I love that.
1: Well, and I'm so honest about it because I can't take credit for some of the things. Now, since then, we've Fine tuned things for sure. You know, hired a business coach going, okay, how do we make this membership really be incredible? You know, because I didn't want something that was mediocre. I didn't want somebody that where people were resentful that they paid for it every month. I wanted a place where people came and said, I'm so thankful that I joined the society and this is amazing. Like this fills my cup. But at the beginning, I just took one step forward. I didn't know, you know, I had a thriving digital marketing agency. I didn't need another source of income necessarily, but I'm so thankful that sometimes, you know, life gives us opportunities and we just have to take the first step and then it all unfolds.
0: That is such a good, good words of wisdom, Jen. Thank you for sharing (laughs) for sure. Okay, so you say along the way, you ended up hiring a business coach. Let's dive into some of the strategy um, when you started your membership, you did, did you do everything in Facebook groups to start? I did. Yep. And then did you evolve into something else or, and how did that kind of unfold?
1: So we have our paid membership. There's a Facebook group is kind of the home base for it. And then we use FG funnels, um, with Julie Stoyan, who's also my business coach. And so all of like the videos and the trainings are all in there and one of the things that I learned is, when we're creating our passive income, it's so easy to follow the gurus that say it has to be done this way. And I remember my, you know, Julie wasn't my first business coach, but she is incredible, and I owe her a lot of just gratitude. She's in, she's amazing. But before that, I had an, I hired another business coach. I joined a mastermind, and they tried to like pigeonhole me into this one launch style that didn't work for my people. And I learned a lot about trusting my instinct and not not doing things just because somebody else told me to, but to follow my own intuition and listen to my people. And so when I hired the st- our, our second coach, um, she's the one that came in and said, Jen, it's okay to do it your own way and like to listen to your people. You know, you you've been in business 18 years. This is not something that, you're not a brand new entrepreneur that doesn't have any idea what they're doing. And for us, you know, there's a lot of schools of thought, like, you have to have this success path and you have to have this in a membership and you have to do all of this content. But for us, our people really wanted the community and they wanted the simplicity of not feeling like they were behind, not feeling like, oh, I have to do these 10 steps or I'm not going to make it. You know, I don't have that medal to say I, I accomplished my goal. They just wanted to come and they wanted to be and they wanted to learn and grow in different ways, but not necessarily with an end transformation in mind, which is how it can be so passive. Because we bring in experts, we, um, you know, it's not this, they kind of, my people named it the mastermind membership, because they really connect with each other even more so than some high-level masterminds, you know, because they've learned to have that beehive mentality and they're helping bring experts in to train everybody. And like, so I created really the value, like the golden nugget comes in building an ecosystem that can survive without you. Do you have podcasting questions? Are you looking for a community where you can learn and grow as a podcaster? Hi, I'm Greg, creator of Indie Drop-In Network. Join me and Jeff Townsend, a.k.a. the Indie Podcast Father, on Twitter Spaces every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Every week, we are joined by experts on different aspects of podcasting to help the community learn and grow as creators. We tackle questions from podcasters at every level. Just go to podcastingpowerhour.com for links to the space and to hear previous episodes. That's podcastingpowerhour.com.
0: Boom. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) That's like the piece right there. Because I think you're absolutely right. You hit on so many key points. And I've seen it time and again where you know this guru is telling you take these steps, do it this way, which is helpful, especially. But also the fact that you've been doing it for a while. And isn't it funny how after 18 years yeah. of being your own business met person, you still feel like a little fish in a big pond when you try something new?
1: <laughs> it never goes Absolutely. away. <laughs> and every time you launch something new, you think this might, just, this might just be the one that fails. You know, it's just part of the entrepreneurship journey. Because if we're not stretching ourselves, we're not really growing.
0: Agreed 100%. Well, goodness gracious, that was some really awesomeness right there. And another thing that I love that you touched on was the fact that um, you followed your instincts the entire way. And I love how your membership isn't goal-oriented. I've heard over and over again that memberships need to have a thing that the people are going to get from the membership. And that community is just one aspect. It's not enough. And it's great and truthfully, wholeheartedly, wholesome. I love how that is more important to your, um, I call, you call them your people.
1: <laughs> They're my tribe. Like, I, I love our community. People laugh at me because they'll, they'll, you'll get, inevitably you'll hear people say, oh, membership is so much work. And then my opinion is then you shouldn't be doing a membership. I love my membership. I unplugged a couple of weeks ago for a week long mastermind. And I felt so depleted come like day three that I stopped. And I did a call with our, with the society and connected with everybody. And it was like, I had plugged into my energy outlet, you know, like I'd plugged into the light socket. I was a completely different person. I was so happy. I love, 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 love. I love building community. I love connecting people. But the the key really is Lindsay, like I said, to build it to run without you. Because I think so often as entrepreneurs, especially when we're trying to create like passive income, we think it all has to depend on us. Like we have to do it all, but it isn't until we back up and really look at what everybody else needs and let, let other people step into that we can unplug and walk away from it. Okay. So unpack that
0: a little more for us. Tell us, how did you walk through that journey? Because I'm sure as a solopreneur, you transitioned from feeling like you had to keep the reins to kind of letting go. What was that journey like for you? And then like, what was the shift or the turning point that helped you let go?
1: The turning point was really running my digital um, marketing agency. I remember sitting in the office one day and my now 22 year old son walked in and at the time he would have been 19 or almost, maybe almost 20. And I was really, I was really focused on helping a Facebook ads client, their account, so maybe an ad had gotten rejected. And it was one of those things where I couldn't just walk away from them and they were waiting and we were in the middle of a launch and it was really stressful. And my very wise son, who is also an entrepreneur, walked in and he said, mom, you don't have a business. You just have 13 bosses. And It was one of those mic drop moments where I was like, you know what? You're right. And it was hard at first. You know, I didn't I didn't. wasn't one of those mic drop moments. Like, absolutely. You're right. It was like, who do you think you are at 19 years old to tell me how to run a business? Like, this is a multi six figure business. And you think you know it all with your little punk self at 19 thinks, you know, the whole world of entrepreneurship, you know. But as that sunk in, even though it stung, I realized he was Right. And so something in me changed. And that's when I hired, started building out my team and hiring people. So then when I came into homeschool CEO, I knew from day one, I did not want to be the end all be all center of everybody because I knew that what that brought on me. And so I immediately from day one hired a VA to help run everything behind the scenes so that I could just be the point person. And then I slowly you know, made sure that that was exactly where I wanted to be at the capacity I wanted to be in. And then, so that was built from the ground up because it wasn't in my digital ad agency. And so then um, twice a year, I go on a week-long vacation and completely unplug. So I challenge myself, like, I know it's coming, Um, I will completely unplug. We will pre-record lives. All of the things I need to do so that I can always remind myself that I'm, I'm the owner of the company, like I'm the boss and I can say no, I can unplug, I can walk away. And I think so often entrepreneurs can't do that.
0: Oh my gosh. Do you know what I hear you say that you did? The secret to this is you had a clear intention of how you wanted your business to serve you. You, yes, you were there to serve others, but you also wanted to get something out of it. And I think oftentimes we start a business just thinking about the money. And the money, there's no pleasure that comes from that. It becomes a, uh, oh gosh, what am I trying to say? We, a servant, we become a servant to the money. Really, when we realize and, and look at the balance between, yes, we're here to pour into others. And sometimes we start out with that intention, but then bringing it full circle and saying, how can my business serve me and my family is such an important piece and not letting go of that. That's what I heard from you the most is you were, you were steadfast in like, this is going to be how I run my business. There is no other way. And I have to commend you for that. That takes courage. And I don't know, stick to itiveness—is that a word? <laughs> Determination. Uh, what a what an honor to hear your story. I mean, really, you've given us not just some strategy, but some really awesome inner strategy, like the deep stuff that really makes a difference in, in a CEO and in a woman's life, and and men too, I think, for that matter. How, out of curiosity, do you have guys in your group too?
1: We have a few. When we first started it, I imagined it would only be women. And so we used to decline them at the beginning. But now we take them on a case by case situation. So if they, you know, if they're an entrepreneur and they homeschool, we simply, you know, we look through their questions that they answer when they come into the face group. And now, yes, we do allow them in the group.
0: That's cool. I know there are definitely guys out there homeschooling dads, but then there's unfortunately those guys trying to get into groups for other reasons.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And we screen every single person that applies to even to be in the free group because we, so we fiercely protect it. And Lindsay, I wanted to point out one other thing that you said, just to reiterate on it. You know, when I built homeschool CEO, everybody talks about when you're building a passive income stream, when you're building your business, it's, how do you want your goals? You know, what do you want to hit financially? How are you going to get there? But I think so often entrepreneurs forget to set the intention for how they want to feel with their business. And I feel like that is the one thing that I've done right with homeschool CEO is that I set that intention for I want to be able to unplug and be present with my family. For example, I don't do anything on social media on the weekends. I am a 100% mom when it comes to the weekends. Everything in the group is pre-scheduled during the weekends. You know, other, we have my community manager. I take um, one weekend a month so that she can totally unplug as well um, just to keep an eye on things. But I'm not, I don't do things just because people tell you in order to hit the seven figure mark, you have to do everything all the time. You have to be on social media 24 hours a day. I'm like, no, you don't. You just have to, you have to follow your heart and set those intentions and then know that the rest is going to work out.
0: Wow, Jen, that is so good. So true. I think if, if anybody's listening to this, if they get nothing out of this except to if feel into your business, imagine what you want to feel like, and you spend time every day just imagining that feeling, you will create the exact business. You'll be guided to, to create the business that serves that feeling. And really, isn't that why we're getting into it to begin with? It's so easy to lose sight of it. You're right.
1: Yeah, I think the other secret too is to make sure you surround yourself with entrepreneurs who have those same goals and ideals. Because if you surround yourself with people who are in that hustle mentality of go, 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 you are going to get sucked into that and want to be that too. But if you're around the people who have high ambitions and you know they have goals, it's not that they work hard, but they equally work hard when it comes to wanting the lifestyle that they want, you're going to find so much more camaraderie and connection, and that's going to be the fuel for those days that you're fighting against. Do I really need to do all the things? Do I need to be on every social media platform, all of those things? Uh, and I think that just is a lot. You know, I think that's why I'm such a community builder, because I realize the community that you surround yourself with is key when it comes to these kind of things.
0: You're so true about that, too. And you know what else you're, you're saying that's important is when you get clear on what is true for you, your messaging is more clear also your branding becomes more clear because you know for sure where you're not going to go and where you will go. Like if it's not in alignment with your desire, then scrap it. (laughs) Okay. So tell me, how can people find you? What's the best way for them to find you and join your community if they're homeschooling CEOs?
1: If they want to join our community, the best way to connect with us is on Facebook at the homeschool CEO community
0: awesome. I'm so glad we got together and did this. This is so good. Thank you so much. Thank you.